Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Coming to you live from the studios here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, the Grace FM studios. And I want to welcome everyone that's listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, on many other FM stations around the country. And check this out. I got... I was contacted today uh, and talked to someone today uh, about adding Calvary Live to their Faith FM. <laughs> so what would that be? Hope, uh, grace, hope, truth, faith. What do we need? Faith, hope, and love. We need Love FM, but we don't, I don't know, who knows? Maybe K-Love one day would carry this program and then we'd have it all covered. But uh, welcome wherever you're listening. Uh, we're so grateful that we... Uh, get to be a small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life, especially in 2020. Uh, what a year 2020 is and has been. I know that many of you listening around the country are are starting to experience lockdowns again. Uh, and in Colorado is no different with all the different changes. And and um, it's, it's, it's uh, I'm speechless. Uh, we just need to keep our eyes on the Lord. That's That's the key. That's what's going to get us through this, uh, that we live by faith and by faith alone, and that our hope isn't in a politician, our hope isn't in politics, our hope isn't in a man. It has to be in the Lord. And no matter what comes our way, it's a lot of what we're doing, uh, what we're studying on our Wednesday night Bible study, in person or online, through First Peter. Uh, we're studying what Peter had to say, Pastor Peter had to say to a group of people that were literally uh, being murdered, uh, being wrapped in animal skins and burned alive to light the gardens of Caesar, Nero. Uh, they're on the run. They've lost all their goods. Uh, everything that was comfort and ease to them was taken away. And what is? what do you think? Uh, even last night, it was. it's counterintuitive. Uh, to And really, that's kind of the... The word that we would use, you know, in the world, counterintuitive, but it is not. Uh, I, I wouldn't. the The message of Peter to people that are suffering is spiritual and not physical. It, it is not what you would expect. Like we we just looked at one verse last night because we're we're slowly going through it in chapter one, and we just focused in on verse twenty two yesterday. And the word from Peter was, you're under attack, you're hurting, you're losing everything, you're about ready to give up, you're blaming God, you're mad. Here's the answer. Love one another. Love. That's the answer. Um, so give of yourself to each other. One of the things we did, and give me a call. This is a call-in show, 
690-3000. Text me 720-336-0897. Save those numbers so you can just tell Siri or your Android to call and save them in your phone book to get on the air with me. 303-690-3000. And that'll get you right on the air. Uh, and um, now I forgot what I was going to say with First Peter. First um, Peter, we were talking suffering, difficulty. Uh, it'll come back to me. Let's go to the phone lines. We'll go right to Aurora, Colorado. Lexi's calling. Lexi, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, Lexi. What's going on? Um, my mom was reading a story about how the Israelites were eating manna and quail and... They were complaining about that, so God sent poisonous snakes to um, bite them, and they asked Moses to take the snakes away and ask for forgiveness. And God said to Moses to put a a snake on a pole. I wanted to know why he chose a snake. That's a good question. I think he chose a snake to get their eyes off of all the snakes that was around them, and to get them get their eyes on that one snake that would save them. You know, sometimes, Lexi, when you are hurting and struggling and all kinds of things are happening, if you keep if you keep paying attention to all that, then you're just gonna get more mad and more frustrated and like the disobedient children of Israel, they were surrounded by all these biting poisonous snakes and what God did was he asked, he told Moses exactly what to do, and then the people, they were told exactly what to do. And if they looked to the snake, uh, the one that was lifted up, they would be saved. And it didn't, you know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Wouldn't it be weird if that happened at church? Yes, very weird. I think it, it would be super weird. And, and sometimes what God tells us to do doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's just weird to us. Uh, but God has his purposes and has his ways. And the question, you know, when you think of that snake later on, um, Jesus uses that as an example when he talks about being lifted up uh, and how when you look to him, the son, it says in John's gospel that the Son of Man must be lifted up. And and that lifted up is uh, is pointing back to that very episode uh, when he says, Jesus said in John 12, if I am lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all peoples to myself. And even the world today, you know, everybody outside of your home and outside of the church, they think it's weird that Jesus uh, would be the savior of the world, that he, that this guy, this carpenter would die on a cross and that's all that would just save us all. But it is real. Jesus was real. He lived, he died, he rose again, and he was lifted up. And anyone that'll look to him by faith, they'll be saved too, just like back during the time with all those disobedient people with Moses. Okay, thank you. Great question, Lexi. Have a great day. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303, you know, some of the best questions are from kiddos. Uh, and you parents, I know it's not easy today uh, to raise kids in the ways of the Lord, but um, I know that um, God is going to enable you and strengthen you. 
All right, we're going to go up to Loveland. Greg is in Loveland on line two. Greg, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Pastor Ed? Good, bro. What's up? First of all, I want to say thank you for being on the on the air all the time. Uh, when I was in jail, you guys saved my life. I used wow. to listen to eighty nine point seven constantly, and it it really saved me from a lot of troubles. So I thank you for that. First of all, oh, you're welcome. What an honor. But um, what I'm calling for is prayer request. Um, I live in Loveland, Colorado, and. Me and my wife work at the same place. Uh, it's a new store called Good Deals on 29th Street. Okay. And while we were working, somebody stole our car. I went out on my break and went to get in the car, sit there and have my lunch and whatever. Um, it was missing out of the parking lot. <clears throat> so what I'm calling for is prayers that we find it in okay. good condition and also to put the word out there to be on the lookout for our car. Because what my is wife's um, credit card in the center. What kind of? What's the car? It's a '96 Honda Accord four door with distinct rims. The black, the back window is the only window that's tinted, and the license plate number is BCX five three one. What color is it? It's white. 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 '96 yep. yep. Accord. Yep. Well, Father, we do pray. Uh, first of all, we want to honor you and um, bless your name for saving this brother's life in jail and using your word and the worship of God to minister to his soul and get him through a very difficult time. And now, as he's working God and getting his life back on track, um, we pray that you would restore, you recover his car. Um, that we were, we play the best. We pray all the cards are in there, that it's all in one piece, that it's just you know down the street, downtown, somewhere where someone just needed a quick ride. Um, and we pray, God, that you would restore this car back to them. Um, we pray that in Jesus' name. We pray that your will would be done. And, and while we wait for your answer, I pray, God, and I ask you to teach my brother what it means to, to stay close to you, steadfast, committed, um, not turning away. I pray, God, that you would give him that perseverance and endurance that's needed uh, during this trial. And we look forward. Hope, uh, we're hoping uh car gets returned, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate it, Pastor Ed. All right, give us an update, well, I, all right? I want to thank you again, man, because I used to listen to you in the morning and then the prayer live and then you again at five o'clock and all the other pastors on there and it it literally saved my life praise god man you know god used radio yeah. in a big way when i was born again too like i i, I was in story. and out of jail i listen to you and, all the time uh, just i i'm i'm big i i am 100 percent behind radio yep. grateful for you man that. and i'm sure a lot a lot of people i can speak for they feel the same way Yes. I can honestly say well, that I love you for that. Thank you, Greg. I love you and the Lord, my man. Look forward to meeting right. you one day. Hey, do, do I should I leave my phone number? Can I do that in case anybody gets any tips on it? They can call me about the car. Sure, sure. We'll uh, we'll we'll leave it with Kevin, and any calls that come in, uh, Kevin can take them. Okay. Sure. So we'll put you on hold, and Kevin will get your number. All right, so if you do see anything, you know, for the next hour or so up in uh, up up north, you got this white Honda 
Accord, it's a big deal. Uh, BCX 531, uh, it's a big deal for Greg. It's all he has. And his girlfriend's stuff's in there. And, you know, you hear these testimonies. We get to hear them like every day. Uh, but some, you know, stand out. Uh, I guess the ones that stand out are the newest ones, right? Uh, and Greg, uh, hearing the radio, you know, it penetrates even prison walls. So here's the deal. I want you to pray, listening, if you're listening to Grace FM, you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM, join us, please. Uh, because we want to buy at least one more radio station, one more full power station. And in Colorado, it's almost impossible to buy radio stations. God has to do this. Re- think of radio stations like real estate. You know how there's only so much room on the dial? Like there's only so much land in the city. There's only so much room on the dial. And because of that, there are only so many stations available. And and radio is uh, very limited. And so God miraculously gave us the station here. And when I mean gave, uh, you can look it up on the FCC website. Like gave the station in, in up here north was over $3 million dollars. So we, you know, we paid for it. God didn't give it to us for free. And then the station down in the Springs was $400,000, I think. And now we want one more station and God will provide. So I'm not, it's not about the money. I just wanted you to know when, sometimes when you hear pastors or someone say, well, the Lord gave us, well, yeah, but it, he gave it to us as we purchased it and he entrusted the money to us and we bought it. So uh, we want to buy one more station that covers Canyon City. And my heart has been, and, and and I didn't come here with, I didn't move to Colorado with this. God birthed it in me. God birthed it in my heart that I want, I want to provide one more station that will cover Canyon City. Because uh, after all these years of being in Colorado, I finally visited down there. 13 prisons. There are 13 prisons down there, including uh, the big Supermax federal prison. And, and and there's a couple great Calvary chapels down there and a lot of great churches down there that Christian radio with solid Bible teaching and worship, no no fluff, we're not selling anything, we're not, anybody you hear on the station like J&J Auto or anyone, they're all supporters. Those aren't advertisements. We don't have advertising. Those are just financial supporters. And they get a shout out for that. And so... We want, so just join us in prayer. When I hear Greg's testimony, like it's the real deal. I don't know any other way to put it. Sometimes people will go, well, Ed, you know, you're just asking for money or whatever. Well, don't give. That's all right. I'm not going to judge you for that. Uh, Don't give. You don't need to give. Nobody's making you or forcing you. But if your heart is resonating with this video, when you want to be a part of what, of Greg's testimony, and, and again, if you're listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, any other, Refuge FM, support your local Christian radio. But um, I'm not even asking for financial support. I mean, I'm just saying, would you pray? Because we want, we want a Canyon City station. And I just called on one. We've had our eye on one for a while. We almost purchased it years ago, but the deal didn't work out. So I called him back, and now it's not for sale anymore. Um, I just talked to him last week or the, the week before. Uh, and uh, it's not for sale anymore, at least not right now. Um, but there are other stations, you know, so the Lord knows 
Um, he'll figure it out. I mean, he doesn't need to figure it out. We'll figure it out. God will just show us down the road. But Christian radio is a real deal. Um, uh, forget about the naysayers and the complainers and, you know, technology is going to take over. No, we use all technology. So you can listen to us online. You can listen to us over the air. The thing about over the air radio is it's free. So anybody gets it. And as long as they're putting radios in cars, it's going to be around for a while. Um, so we got open lines. It looks like I don't see anyone else on line three. So give us a call and text me 720-336-0897. Um, we'll take your text. So let me, let me go to uh, one of the text lines. I've been asking for the same prayer for six months. My husband and I struggle to conceive. I'm losing my faith and hating God from keeping me from getting pregnant. Um, that's the text. So let me just say, I'm sorry. Um, you know, even saying that sounds like it's not even strong enough words, but it's, I'm sorry that you're facing this, this pain. It reminds me of Hannah in the Bible, uh, who was desperate to have a child, uh, so much so that she vowed to God that if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And he, she like literally did that. His name is Samuel, but until she conceived it 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 was desperation and i would encourage i would encourage you to listen to uh, and read that section of the scriptures it's found in first um, samuel and and that's what you need right now uh, you need to be in the word of god to encourage you um to strengthen you um, now that i'm looking at um this study it's it's called uh, the crisis is god's tool to get more of you and we're looking at Hannah's life there. It's a, it's a chapter in my upcoming book. Uh, we edited uh, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. This is one of the chapters. And she's desperate and she's hurt and she's misunderstood. And, and in that day, in Hannah's day, she also had to deal with the stigma of barrenness and what that meant in her culture. Uh, and God did open up her womb. And, and God could open up your womb as well. Or he could open a door for you to adopt. Or he could open up a door for you to foster or foster to adopt. Um, I know that doesn't take away the pain of not being able to conceive. I'm certainly not suggesting them as replacements. Um, but I am suggesting them as an option to, to add to your prayer list. Lord, right now we can't conceive. Is it your will for us to adopt right now? And I know that if you adopted, you have so much love to share with a child. That 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 baby would be, or that kid would be yours, period. Like, period. Um, I've seen so many adoptions in our church. I'm thinking of one right now where that boy um, is 100, both their boys are 100% their kids, period. One, no question, like none. And, and to watch the love and care and the parenting to flow through to that adopted child. And of course, I'm always reminded uh, on this is I was adopted as well. My family, my mom was unable to conceive. And so my mom and dad uh, went to the adoption deal in California and, and they adopted me and brought me into their home and raised me as their own. And, and, and even I think of other families in our church that have been fostering and recognizing that could be a temporary thing or it could be permanent, but that's not how we live our life as believers, is it? We live in the moment 
And so I was just down at the academy yesterday, and one of the beautiful, beautiful girls uh, that was a, that's a foster in our in one of the families in our church was down there, and and uh, she just looked at me and she says, "Do you remember me? Do you remember the song we were singing when I I met her for the first time?" And like she's all in. That family is loving that girl, all in. And so I would say, I'm sorry for the pain. I'm going to pray that the Lord opens your womb. But there's a lot of different ways that God can use to express that love that you have inside of you. And I know I'm, I was adopted and never once um, did I care that my parents didn't conceive me. And, you know, just speaking from that perspective, I didn't care. They were my parents. Um, and that's that 100%. And uh, so father, I pray for the pain. Um, I pray against this feeling too, of losing faith and hating God. Like, Remove that in Jesus' name, that the reality of this pain that's being experienced would be turned into deeper faith and surrender as she waits. And I pray that they would learn from from Hannah the, the reality of trusting you, but also just laying it all before you, knowing that you hear our cries in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd love to share that uh, story. I know it's hard, but I'd love to share that because adoption is a huge deal and foster care is a huge deal. Um, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. Denver, Colorado. Maria, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. What's going on? I have a question. Like, okay. why, why we love darkness if we're made in God's That's a great question, Maria. I have a I have a one word answer for you. You know what it is? About the sin and like we fall in. Yeah, because of sin. Sin has sin has uh, corrupted perfection. You know the the ones the two people that experienced the fullness of what it was like to be created in the image of God apart from sin was Adam and Eve, and since Adam and Eve's sin. No one else has experienced that yet. Now you and I live in a fallen world and a fallen body and a fallen mind uh, that we won't see it fully recognized until we're in the presence of Jesus Christ, either by the rapture or by death. However, I want you to understand that you still carry a lot of the attributes of God, even if they are. I mean, kind of like the mountains, right? You look at the mountains, they're so beautiful, but to think of the mountains, those are... Those are touched by sin. You know, as beautiful as they are, there's something more beautiful behind it. And as beautiful as as you and I can be in walking in the Spirit, serving God, being used by Him, there's something even more beautiful that's going to be revealed in us when we meet Him face to face. And and so the the fact that you and I are created in His image is really a reflection on God more than it is on us. So as we look at ourselves, we know that God has emotion. We know that he cares. You know, all the attributes that that we have humanly, God has them in perfection. Um, but we're certainly not God. We're fallen creation. And because our, our hearts are so stinking sinfully dark, um, that's the separation between man and God. So when, okay, uh, yeah, I understand that. But when also at the beginning he said he regret regret making human remember i mean 
Because he means after that sin, really he did. After sin, yes, that's all pre. That's a priest. That's a statement after the the corruption of sin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand because he saw how bad we have became, or humans have became. So mm-hmm. he really regret making up. He really regrets. Yeah, he looks at he looks at I I think that's an expression, you know, when you and I think of regret, you know, we think of it in in a time like like linearly, but I think that's an expression similar to what we're told in the New Testament that we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. I think God looking down in time, right? Cuz we can only read we're reading the Bible in time. So there was a moment in time where the expression of God's feelings were negative toward his creation. He was sad that he created us. You look what sin had done to us. It's very similar to Jesus weeping um, as we come into the New Testament. He's weeping over the people that are wailing uh, and hurting because of the death of Lazarus. Uh, But what was he weeping about except that the effects of sin had hurt so many people? And I think that's what's being expressed in the Old Testament. I'm not trying to be... I believe in Jesus and he's my Lord and Savior, but I just was wondering, so if he regretted, doesn't he see the future? He does. So he knew that we're going to fall? He does. He did. Did he still make us? <laughs> and he did. That's, that, I mean, that makes it even more, um, that makes it even more glorious. And that, it's one of those, what, what you're experiencing right now, and it's a great series of questions that you have, you're experiencing us being able to see and experience God in a moment of time, in a moment of time. And as we're, as we're examining that one moment of time and you're pulling, you know, you're pulling back a little bit and you go, wait a minute, if, if this moment of time was an expression of God, doesn't he know all things? And didn't he know ahead of time? And, and the answer, of course, the Bible says yes, which makes his creation and his patience and his grace and him sending his son Jesus Christ to reconcile us and rescue us even greater with all the knowledge that he has. Yeah, that's true, because even though all that, he loves us. Even, uh, even are, I mean, know, that's the greatest us. statement of all, isn't it? Even though all of that, he loves us. Yes, that's, and, and, and actually Paul would put it this way. He would say this, God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I mean, that is the demonstration. If anyone ever wants an explanation of what love is, it is the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. Thank you. That, that, that helped me a lot. Yeah, so good. Thanks for asking. Any question, it's okay to ask any question. And even if you're misunderstood, don't stop asking those questions. Yeah, and I didn't... I, I had that question for a long time, but I didn't want to like miss anybody's face. You know, like no, you about that. Time. It's okay. It's good to talk, and this is a great show to do that—to talk through these things. And it's okay. You can ask whatever question you want. It's okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. We got open lines again. Uh, give us a call. 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. We're going to be together next Wednesday for our Thanksgiving banner service. Yes, you heard that right. We're gathering together in person. We're going to bring our banners 
together. Basically, you take a poster board, you take a big piece of paper, you decorate it, uh, paint, crayons, uh, pencils, whatever you want, markers, and you just write what you're thankful for. Maybe write your family name. Uh, if you subscribe to our email list, uh, then you know you saw a video of what it's all about. You are invited to celebrate Thanksgiving with Calvary. Uh, we are going to march through, uh, and we do follow the guideline, the CDC guidelines, distancing and facial coverings. Yes, yes, yes. We've done that from the beginning. Um, it's our our desire to obey God, to gather together, and also show preference for one another. But come on out. We'll be in person. And we're going to be thankful. This is, we will express uh, a Thanksgiving together. Yes, we will do that next Wednesday, 7 o'clock. So you hear the music. Half the show's already gone. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live, second half of the program. Shout out to you guys on the East Coast. Shout out to you guys in the South. Shout out to you guys in California, Minnesota, Texas, all around the country, even around the world. Of course, you guys here in Nebraska, Wyoming, Colorado, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. We're coming up on, you know, if you think about it, it's, I mean, don't, don't think too much about it, but like December is our 21st year, 20 for, 21 years ministering the gospel in Colorado. It was just like yesterday. We packed our little family up. Uh, came out with a job. I, I worked for a company that moved me out. And, uh, you know, we were always taught. Uh, and I took it to heart that when you're planning a church, you need a job. And so I moved out with my company and started a Bible study. 1999. Unbelievable how time flies. 303-690-3000 is the number and we are grateful. I wanted to remind you guys too. There's a lot going on here in the church, but I just we just published a mini book here at Calvary called "You Will Make It Through." You will make it through, and it's a, right now. It's only available on Amazon. We're waiting for the print copies to be available, and we'll have them ready at the church. But the, a lot of people have already ordered it. We ordered one through uh, Amazon so that we could, you know, it could be delivered, and it looks great. Just great work, a great team was Ian, Micah, Cassandra, uh, putting this together. It was a real quick idea. I, I need to go back and look at the original email, but I had emailed my assistant. I said, okay, how do you want to work on something and do it a real quick turnaround? And let's just see how fast we could get this done on the top of everything else we were doing. Uh, and we got it done pretty quickly. I'm very grateful for uh, everyone that was involved in editing and getting it all together. And I'm very happy with it. It's very small, but the idea behind it is to give it away as a gift, to have it in your toolbox, uh, because you need to remember in times of prolonged trials that you will make it through. You will make it through. That's the whole essence of it. It's really two Bible studies that I delivered that we edited for print form. And just some people relate much better to print, right? 
So go to Amazon. Uh, you will make it through or email me directly, and I'll send you a link, and you get it right away. I'll just send you the link, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org. Wherever you are in the country, around the world, email me I'll res- and say, hey, I want the link for the book you just put out, uh, and I'll send you the link. But here's the thing. We've got a bigger book, this a bigger project that should be uh, released very soon. Uh, and it was birthed out of the death of my son, Eddie, and the drama surrounding him being in the hospital, the drama surrounding uh, medical decisions for his life being taken out of my wife and my hands, um, the deceit and betrayal and all of that drama. You know, I would never want anyone to lose their son or daughter ever, and I've met many of you that had, but I especially would never want you to go through the wicked drama that surrounded it. I I just would never, I think of a family in our church right now. Actually, there's a couple of families, but there's one in particular who's, uh, uh, one was their granddaughter and one was their son was murdered. And because of that, there's drama and difficulty surrounding them. And it's just brutal. It's brutal. It's hard enough to to experience loss than you have. And so what that did uh, was plunge me into a time of deep discouragement and grief, you know, because pastors betray you, longtime friends betray you. Um, it was ugly. It still is ugly in many ways. and But God is good, right? So God can take uh, ashes and bring beauty out of them, and God's going to deal with whatever those folks need to be dealt with. Great. Not my problem. Not my issue. Um, the Lord is going to do that work, and that's what you have to do when you're wronged. When you're maligned, uh, whether it's small or large, you just got to forgive so that they no longer have power over you, and then just wait for the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. And so that bird, these messages that we edited into a book, and we are right there. (laughs) We are so close. We are the final, final, final touches uh, to get this baby printed and published, and we titled it God's Help for the Troubled Heart. And it is God's help for the troubled heart. That's where you need to go when you are troubled and you are wrestling with things. You need to go to God's word and let the Lord minister to you and encourage you and strengthen you. Remember, uh, Jesus told Martha uh, when she was uh, just going through it, you know, uh, Jesus told Martha, uh, let me find it for you. He actually uses the word. He says, um, well, even Jesus said uh, in John twelve twenty seven, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came. Jesus would say in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Uh, he would tell, um, um, I want to say, I, I want to say he used the word trouble. Uh, let me see if I can find it. You were worried. I thought he said you were worried and troubled about many things, but maybe not. But Martha had that sense of of being, you know, wrestling with all the things that that she was facing. Uh, that's what she did. He said, Luke ten forty one. Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, uh, you are worried and troubled about many things, and this is it. This is the resource. Uh, that was birthed out of very difficult scenario, very, very, uh, the loss of our son, the, not even half of the story 
is known by people. Probably not even 75% uh, is known. But each time a little bit gets out, you're like, what? What? <sighs> yeah. And I, I think that I speak, and maybe the Lord just brought this out today, uh, for some of you listening where you're in the same boat. You're like, man, nobody even really knows the whole story. And if they did know the whole story, like like I know the whole story, then they would understand more. And that's not necessarily true. People probably wouldn't understand what you went through at all if they knew the whole story. But you know the whole story, and God knows the whole story, and he's faithful to you, and he loves you, and he's going to get you through this, and he has help for your troubled heart. So pick up, uh, the, that book isn't published yet, but we're just weeks away finally after years it's been seven almost um seven and a half years since my son passed away so it's been a while uh, but i think god will use it all right let's go up to debbie in uh here in aurora line one aurora colorado debbie welcome to the program hey pastor ed um what's up thank you for taking my question uh i had a co-worker friend today uh came called wanted to sit and have uh lunch and then when okay. he got there, um, he, mind you, there's hardly anybody that comes to the building anymore. Um, but I thought, okay, well, I sat with him, and, and he wanted to, all of a sudden we started discussing, God, he's an atheist. Okay. And this isn't my first conversation with him, but I feel like I really failed God today. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I, thought I, I thought I could you be very it. strong when the time came that I had to, you know, speak up and say what I need to say uh, sure. to an unbeliever. But I failed today, and he he brought up um, uh, Kings two, twenty three, I think it is about the yes. Elisha yes. when um, he was walking to the city, and the uh, young men were telling him go go up, bald headed man, or whatever they were saying. Uh huh. And then uh, you know, then he put a curse on them, and God sent the bears to to maul the. In the Bible, it says young children. So this guy was like, yeah. that's an evil God. He's killing young children. Sure. Like, oh my gosh, back off. Let me research this and get back with you. <laughs> anyway, so, so I did, but I, I felt like I didn't defend. I didn't. It's uh, it's okay. And it does. It, it First of all, it's okay. And even the feelings that you're having, that feeling of angst, it's like, oh, I just could have, and I should have, and I would have. And what his his question was was a trap and and so don't be so discouraged that if you would have given him the answer it would have convinced him he was just playing with you there was most likely this was not a sincere question uh, and and so what one of the tactics or one of the tools you want to do with a question like this is to validate a few things if this guy's really legitimate and one is so are you saying that God really did this? I would ask him that. So that's a great question, you know, and I'd open the Bible, I'd read it, the story to him. Uh, I'd get out my phone app if I didn't have my Bible, right? I'd read the story to him. Um, I would say, yeah, this is an interesting story. So your question is what again? Why would a God of love do that? So before I answer that question, are you saying you believe in a God of love? Well, no, 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 I don't believe. Then why would you ask the question? Or why should I answer it? If you don't believe in the God of love, then why, why do I have to? And, and I, would, I would press back a little bit on him because remember, you're planting seeds. You're like a sower, the Bible says. 
And most likely, he's not being sincere with his question. So it doesn't really matter how we answer the question. What matters is how can we introduce him to a greater picture of God than just this one in Second Kings? And 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 so depending on your relationship with him, you know, you're you're just going to be talking to him. And and so you said you're going to look it up. You're going to get back to him. And when you get back to him, you're just like, hey, I really looked at this and. And it's interesting, you know, the the reality of these guys mocking a man, making fun of him, um, it led to something really, really bad in their lives. They died. And and that's kind of how life is today, isn't it? Life, life can lead to the same thing. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing, you could die too, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but God did it. Well, what, what do you mean God did it? Like the, the reality of death is not God, it's sin. And if they would have left, if these kids would have left him alone, they would have never met the bearers, they would have never had this. It, and so the responsibility is on the person that commits sin. And and so it's it's sort of like a person driving fast and they crash into a pole. And they they don't die, but they blame the pole. Well, is it the poll's fault or were they sinning by, or were they making a mistake by driving fast? So the idea is, is that this, he's not interested in a God of love, but if he is, I'd love to introduce him to a God of love that once he understands who God is, he'll understand how fair God is. He'll understand how righteous God is. He'll understand that even in his own failures, and this is the key, and he won't like this, but this is a key. Even in his own failure, sitting there in your break room, he too deserves death. He deserves death, just like you and I do. The wages of sin is death. So actually, the question was designed just to mess with you. But you could take this text and say, well, wait a minute. They suffered the consequences of their sinful decisions. Oh, you know, I can't believe God's not a God of love. Wait a minute. They had a way out of this. All they needed to do is be quiet. And they would have never faced this ending. But you know, they would have died anyway. And, you know, he doesn't have any of these. He doesn't have an answer to that. So they would have died anyway. They might have died at 58. They might have died at 98. But they're going to die. Well, yeah, but it does not fair because they died so young. Yeah, You know, right? I, I agree. I, I don't like to see youth die. That's horrible. You're right. It's horrible. But here's the question. The question is, do you really believe in a God of love? No, I don't, because you're an atheist. So are you admitting God exists? Are you, and just really drawing, kind of like a fisherman, like a fisherwoman, right? You're going to try to hook him and draw him in little carefully. But these kids would have died anyway, because the wages of sin is death. And in this case, they got themselves into trouble by picking a fight with the prophet. And because they picked a fight, just like a speeder that's driving on ice, if they run into a pole, then they're responsible for their their actions. They're responsible. They were doing something that was obviously wrong, and they paid a price for it. But the only difference in their in their experience was that they died at a younger age. And you see, you just wanted that he kind of made you he pushed you into a corner because it's a challenging question but he's just messing with you. And I doubt, and maybe he is, let's just hope he is, 
that he really wants a real answer. He's just trying to make you feel bad so you'll leave him alone on this topic. Well, could be. I mean, he he told me he watches. Uh, he's an atheist, but he watches. He goes, "Well, I watch Christian programs," and I'm like, "Okay, well, that's okay. a good start. Yeah. That's good." And I said, "But you know, you need to give me time to research this and get back with you." But I did finally email him. And I said, "You know, here's your answer, but you can research these things for yourself as well." Yes, and I, I want you. I want you to research. And if you really want to work with him, um, you can get a book. If you want to read on how to minister to an atheist and learn some of the ways to communicate with them, uh, I would encourage you to pick up this book. It's entitled, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And yeah, because I, I think I better. This won't be the last time. I don't think this, this is... It's a great resource. It's not just like giving you a bunch of answers, but it's going to help you think through the reality of where this guy's coming from and how to really speak to his heart with the truth to cause him to question his own beliefs. Because that's ultimately what what we're looking to do. We're looking to cause them to question their own beliefs. Because the Bible says, the Bible says that if you, in Jeremiah 29, um, this principle is given to us. Uh, let me just look it up here. In Jeremiah 29, 12, I think it is. He says, um, he says, then you will call upon me and go to pray to me and I'll listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's really the path that we're trying to get somebody on. We're trying to get them on the path of searching for God. And it could start with just a real smart alecky type of question. Um, and it's okay. Don't, and you didn't fail. You were there for him. You answered him. You gave him what you knew. And you didn't fail at all. You stood your ground, uh, and you stayed in contact with them. Those are all great. I want to let God down. Oh, you're not going to let God down. You know, the, okay. and these guys. You know, I I've been doing this a long time. I've been uh, I've been studying the Bible. I've been ta teaching, pastoring, ministering to atheists, ministering to cultists, and and ministering to people that are theologically argumentative. And I still walk away sometimes going, man, I didn't make a difference at all. Like, I feel like an idiot um, because yeah. they just had this argument or that argument. And I'm like, I just, man, do I know anything at all? But the reality is, is God's just reminding me that he's the one that does the conviction. He's the one that brings the convincing. And it's true. I don't know everything. And it's okay. I don't have to know everything. Yeah, that's true. I, I've heard you say that before. We just got to plant the seed. Some of us plant seeds and some people water, and, 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 and God, can he, he does what he does on his end. Yes. Yes, he does. Yes. Yes. Okay. I got to leave, leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Pick up that book okay. and let me know how you like it. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Back up to Loveland. Harold's calling in Loveland, Colorado. Harold, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, in a situation now, I have a, a friend and, and business mentor who is um, uh, just got moved into hospice today. And uh, his family, and he know I'm a Christian, and okay. uh, they've been asking me a lot of questions over the last few days. And um, and I've talked with him over the last few years, 
to he's talked to me about about the Lord, and um, I was trying to figure out if he's been saved. And okay. you know, all all he all he could tell me was that he's he believes in in Jesus and uh, that he does pray, and but you know hasn't led a very religious life. Okay. And um, now his family is calling me, his wife is, and they're asking me, you know, well, what's going to happen to him? Because he's moving into hospice now. And okay. uh, with COVID, it's kind of hard to go see him. I think I can go see him here probably tomorrow um, okay. uh, there. But it, it's a really good question because I don't know, uh, you know, where he's at there. And I'm just trying to figure out what to do. Is there anything I can do or get a, a pastor that I know up here to to kind of help and uh, help put them at ease? And, uh, I mean, I know there's no—this <laughs> uh, This is something I've never run into before. Well, I th- I, I, if, if I was in your shoes, um, I would definitely go up and try to visit, regardless of the COVID stuff. You would be surprised how God can go before you, okay. soften a heart of a clerk or— you know, just be persistent. Don't you? And I say that because we we kind of get um, on our heels with COVID, and and right. uh, we 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 just back going. You know, kind of going backwards. But I've been able to get into places even though um, they've been closed because people have a heart, right? And and so we're just going to pray that you meet. Just go up by faith and just pray for the right person, even if it's just fifteen ten minutes. Um, that's it's okay. Just take a Bible and and say, I'm a minister. You know, you can't really say you're a pastor without being dishonest. So what you can say is I'm a minister of the gospel and God wants me to, to talk to him before he passes. And you'd be surprised people, um, the, the, the people in the hospitals, doctors, nurses, and such, they're very, they have, they've been very generous, uh, in giving access with, you know, just kind of, okay, I'll give you five minutes and you got to leave kind of thing. So number right. one, so I would say do that. And okay. I, I, I'm confident God's going to get you in there. Number one, number two, if I was the one going in there and I don't know the end and I don't, I don't know, I, I'm going to pray with them like they're, I, you know, if he's semi-conscious or conscious, I'm going to talk to him like he's alive. Cause he is, I'm going to exactly. talk to him as if he can understand me and hear me. Uh, and I'm going to uh, do everything that I possibly can to communicate with him um, in a sense where even even one more time he can affirm his love for Jesus through a squeeze of the hand or whatever. And I'll just pray the sinner's prayer with him right over there, um, gotcha. right there without him even speaking. Um, and what I would tell the family is this. We don't know for sure the condition of this man's soul. Um, of every indication he knew God um, he talked about God but we don't know but this is what we do know what we do know is that when he faces God he's going to face a God who's going to be fair righteous and grant this man the desire that he lived out on earth and we're just going to trust him to God and I, I, I don't know if he is going to spend eternity apart from God. I don't know that. And I don't know if he's going to spend eternity with God. But I do know this. He's going to meet God. And that God is the same one that we preach today. A God of love, a God of grace and mercy, a God who's made a way for him to have his sins forgiven. 
And we don't know what's happening and what's happened in his life, what's happened while he's on this hospice bed. But we do know this. He he's gonna be he's gonna be in the presence of a righteous God. And we know that when we are also in the presence of that righteous God, we will agree with his decision. Absolutely. That that sounds good. This is you answered my questions. This is what I needed here, and I will I will do my best. I will I will pray about this, and then I'll try and get this done as soon as possible. It's going to be great, and I can't. I'm I'm so excited for you. I get kind of I'm kind of getting nervous for you as you go, and you meet the right person there, and you're just so generous, right? You're just like I know I, I understand the COVID, but five minutes. Can you just give me five minutes? It would just if if you just turn the other way, and I'll walk right behind your back. Just give me five minutes. Um, right. And, and just, you know, and if they say no, I mean, that's, uh, and they keep persistently saying no, then maybe you wait until the shift change and then you see if the next guy's there, but then at least you can look at the family and say, well, I prayed, I went, I went over by his window or he's on the third floor and I prayed from outside. Like, then you'll be able to even look and, and you'll, God will give you more credibility in the family's heart and mind just by all the effort you took to try to be in the same room with them. Gotcha. It just is heavy on my heart. I need to do this. Yes, the Lord's going to use you. Father, I pray for my friend as he uh, is losing a friend and he has this heaviness in his heart. God, I pray for Harold that you would make a way where there is no way and you would give him the confidence uh, in the encouragement and all this, you know, sadness, um, grief, fear, uh, wondering. Um, I pray, God, that you would make a way in that. You would sh- that. I know a lot of people, medical professionals that have big hearts that are believers uh, that would that you could speak to uh, so that Harold could get in that room. And so I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I really appreciate it. Call us back and let us know how it goes. I will do that. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow. These are heavy things, and I, I do want to to end the show today uh, with um, this reminder that I know COVID is real, and I know that's also surrounded by a lot of governmental overreach and fear. And just during the program, I got a text that California is going to a partial lockdown, and we got all these new colors here in Colorado and Pennsylvania. The guy says you got to wear a mask in your in your home and and here's the thing, you get caught up in all that and get upset about it and mad about it and then you miss this guy that's in hospice. You miss, well, you know, there's the restriction here and and they said I can't even drive, they want me to stay in my house, but this is my friend. And I'm going to go try to see my friend in Jesus' name. And I'm going to drive, I'm going to trust God with my life, I'm going to trust God with my, you know, with my life. I'm, 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 I know what the COVID, I know what the governor said, and I know, uh, I, but there's a higher law. It's called love. And so I'm not advocating rebellion and protesting. That's not, don't misunderstand me. Don't take this podcast and edit it so that, oh, Ed Taylor's protesting now. Listen, I'm just saying that COVID can put you so on your heels that you're not the church anymore. 
And it can COVID and, and the government and all that can get you so hyped up that you just are all mad all the time and just talking about things all Facebook and you just like not the church. There's a guy in hospice that needs a visit. Let's find a way. Let's go give the guy a visit. And and this is the body of Christ. This is a herald is a minister of the gospel. So he's the right guy to do it. I'm not the right guy to do it. He's the right guy to do it. And God put it upon his heart. He's going to do it. And I want to invite you out tonight, Calvary Church, you guys that are grieving and hurting. We have a one session special grief share called Surviving the Holidays. I did this. Um, it helped me a lot. It was so hard, but it helped me a lot. Um, and these is where tools and tips and things are given to you to help you endure the holidays. And, and even with the COVID restrictions and stuff and making it harder, it's called Surviving the Holidays Grief Share. Um, we have a gifted group of men and women that oversee our grief share ministry. It's at our church in person. It's something not, you don't do this on Zoom. You do this in person from at 7 p.m. Calvary Church is on Hampton, just east of Tower Road, right next to the Safeway there. It's worth the drive. It's worth the investment of your time. Those of you that are hurting, those of you that are grieving, those of you that are uh, scared of the holidays coming up. And then, of course, you know, being alone for the holidays. And, and now there's an added element of, well, you know, uh, you can't go out and can't be with anyone. No, that's not true. You be with whoever you want to be with. You go out and you be the church. Let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord lead you. He will. Surviving the holidays tonight, Calvary Church, Tower in Hampton, Southeast Aurora, 7 p.m. We'll be back in person this weekend or online. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.